104.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. The streak is over. Actually, I suppose it ended a couple weeks back when Jason Martin found himself alone in the studio. The free world rule officially dead when it comes to Squared Circle Radio. Hey, it's David Reed, the last man standing today. Brendan Haggerty with a week off. He's down in crab cakes at the family reunion up in Maryland. And Jason, some of you uh, just uh, may have heard him here on the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio, but... Jay Mart taking a few weeks away. Uh, it's a busy time in his life. If you haven't heard the big news that we teased last week, Jason Martin is no longer a singles talent. He will forever be part of a tag team away from Squared Circle Radio. One week ago, Jason proposed to his girlfriend, and she said, yes. 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 Of course she did. Congratulations to Jason and Abby. He'll spend the next few weeks uh, getting ready to walk that aisle. Not like the Nature Boy did. At least not despite our best efforts in trying to make this into a wrestling-themed wedding. I don't think his fiance spent her childhood dreaming of marrying a man wearing a singlet. That's the kind of stuff that you save for the honeymoon. That's just some free advice for you there, Jason. Though we do have a lot to talk about when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. It was a busy week. In the WWE, including last night right here in Smackville for Smackville Live. It was a good crowd on hand, as the WWE knew it would when they made the decision to move this from a house show to a WWE Network special. And we may have found out the motives behind this move this week as well. So last week, uh, when Brandon and I were discussing this, the WWE optimist in me was hoping that this was Music City's dress rehearsal for finally getting a pay-per-view to return to the city. Not a pay-per-view awarded to the city and then taken away and moving to San Antonio or wherever they moved it last year. So, uh, But I kind of found out this week that maybe they had other uh, motivations in mind. A, a wise man named Waylon once said there's no such things as dress rehearsals. And late last week, uh, news surfaced that the WWE Network would be doing a bit of a reboot, including a, a new interface. Speaking of which, if you haven't updated the app, uh, I encourage you to log on to your phone today and do so. I will give WWE a lot of credit for the redesign. Uh, it's been phenomenal so far. It's much easier to navigate, search for the things you're looking for on the network. There's uh, an easy-to-use fast-forward and rewind feature. You can jump to specific matches on a pay-per-view it is great. This is kind of what this thing should have been a long time ago. They should have had a major update long before this one, but I give them an A-plus on the new WWE Network app. Go out and update that today if you haven't done so. It was announced uh, in the coming months that the WWE Network would be launching a free tier to its streaming service that would include selected, in quote, selected WWE programming and a VIP tier, which would include events like Evolve's 10th anniversary show and network specials like Smackville Live last night. There's been no date set for the launch of that new tiered format 
or any real clarifications as to what the VIP membership will cost and include, I would hope, at least for the majority of people who are out there listening, I think all of our hopes would be that we paying the $9.99 a month would still be able to be a part of that VIP membership, that it wouldn't extend anything beyond that to get the content that we've been accustomed to so far on the network. Uh, all that news was a part of WWE's second quarter financial report that posted the number of network subscribers at 1.69 million. Uh, no di- differentiation between how many of those are actually paid subscribers subscribers or free subscribers. So keep that in mind as you're breaking down that that information. Also during the presentation, WWE Chairman Vince McMahon addressed AEW, albeit without actually uttering those three words. In his notes to shareholders, McMahon said, we're going to be a bit edgier, but still remain in the PG environment. We won't come anywhere close to going into another level. That will be something we do in terms of the direction of content, more controversy, and better storylines. At the same time, we're not going to go back to the Attitude Era. We're not going to do blood and guts as such things are being done on perhaps a new potential competitor. We're not going to go back to that uh, gory crap that we graduated from. It's a more sophisticated product. As far as that competition is concerned, the old adage is competition is good for everyone. I think that's generally the case. Okay, Vince. We uh, we appreciate that. If you didn't hear this this week, AEW did announce that they will be airing on TNT on Wednesday nights beginning October the 2nd. That was kind of where we thought they would end up all along when the deal with the, uh, TNT was announced due to uh, the WWE programming on Monday nights and Tuesday nights. And, of course, TNT with their NBA package playing ma- the majority of Thursday night games on there. That just makes sense. So, But McMahon would go on to say that they're hoping that to the extent that they are competition, again, speaking of AEW, they don't continue with the blood and guts and gory things that they've been doing. That would be bad. I can't imagine. I can't speak for TNT, but I can't imagine they would put up with that. So what I'm hearing here is the WWE is not acknowledging that AEW is any type of competition to them. Uh, I... Um, urge someone with the ear of Vince McMahon to take a look at the crowds that they've been drawing. Take a look at the venues they've been selling out in mere seconds. Uh, Take a look at the work that's being done in the ring. They are competition to the WWE. And I can't wait for October 2nd to roll around to see exactly what that product on television is going to look like on a weekly basis. But so what I hear from Vince McMahon is that the WWE is going to land somewhere between the attitude area and combat zone, apparently. So he said a whole lot without saying anything. But the fact that he was referencing AEW without referencing AEW and saying that the WWE is going to move into a more edgier uh, direction based on their content and storylines, but stay away from the blood and the gore makes me kind of think that McMahon wishes he could go back to the blood and the gore and parts of the Attitude Era. Speaking of which, there were a lot of Attitude Area superstars on Raw on Monday night. The Raw reunion. We got it. Did we need it? And do we need to see it again? That's where we pick up next, here on Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone.
Hello, everybody. This is WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross, and you are listening to Squared Circle Radio. These yahoos are slobber knockers. Welcome back into Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Follow us on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. I'm David Reed, Brendan Haggerty on assignment in Maryland. Jason Martin is elbows deep in Brog magazines at this point as he's taking some time away from us on Sunday mornings to help his sweet fiance plan their upcoming nuptials, which guys, by the way, I suggest that you be active and a willing partner in planning your wedding because it's almost like a form of wedding counseling um, because if the two of you can plan a wedding together, I'm confident that you can do anything else in life together. I love a good wedding. I love a good cake tasting even more. So Jason, I know you're listening. Uh, so when it comes time for that, just let me know. And uh, if it comes time for another Raw reunion, which um, who am I kidding? Uh, when it comes time for another Raw reunion, um, it will be time for another Raw reunion soon, I'm sure. Don't let me know. Uh, I mean, I love nostalgia. It's why I love Stranger Things. I almost couldn't care less about the storyline of what's going on in the screens. I would just love the nostalgia taking me back to my childhood in the mid eighties. Nostalgia can be exhilarating. It can be intoxicating or it can be what we saw on Monday night, just an overall uninspiring ratings grab that I raised my hand. I look at me. I fell for it. So I'm to, I'm to blame for adding to the highest viewership in 2019 for a Monday night raw, just over 3 million total fans tuning in on Monday night. But I'm not going to lie. The show started off great. When John Cena's music hit, I realized I uh, I kind of missed him. Uh, I kind of miss hearing that music hit and seeing those fans react that way, which overall was positive, which I think took John aback just a, a ways, which just goes to show if you want to see someone get over and get applause and get loves, just send them away for a while. You don't have to send them to Hollywood for two or three years at a time. Just send them away for, for a little while. But it didn't take long for that opening segment to stray right into the material that reminded me what I liked least about John Cena. Look, if you prefer the Doctor of Thugonomics, go for it. But I'll tune back in to watch Big Match John. I, I don't necessarily need to see what I saw on Monday night. Uh, the rap battle with the Usos that... Um, where they make light of the recent uh, arrests, or was that actually a bit of foreshadowing on on their part? Uh, trust me, we will get to that a little bit later on. So uh, once again on a Raw reunion, the Revival, despite being the tag team champs, were made to be fools and defeated by the Usos. Uh, maybe next time there's a Raw reunion dash and Scott should just request the night off. Um and it just got more from there as we kind of knew it would, but we were holding out hope. But then they, they go backstage where you find Alicia Fox dressed like a disco ball, talking about hats with Dana Brooke, Tori Wilson, and Santino Morella and his Cobra show back up. Uh, the best part of the night, at least what I thought made the most sense of the night, was Drew McIntyre just absolutely destroying Cedric Alexander. That's the way it should be. That's how you get a heel over. That's what he has to do. Drew is ready right now. Uh, he's ready for the main event and came out clean. And thanks, thank goodness out of this Raw reunion, he's one of the few that I, I think actually came out looking better on the other side. That's not the same that I can say for the OC 
and I can't. They're really going to try to make us call them that, aren't they? They really want us to call them the OC. So you have a reunion show to bring back viewers from yesteryear, all all with their favorite superstars on the screen from a long begotten hour, and you decide to to refer to AJ Styles, Anderson, and Gallows, not as the club as you have in weeks prior, but the OC, which I suppose, I guess this is supposed to mean original club, but I'm not really sure because you never really told fans that's what you were attempting to do. But you you have a raw reunion. You're attempting to draw in viewers who maybe have strayed away. You're giving them their favorite superstars from the, the late 90s, the Attitude Era, or the early 2000s. You need to decide to call some of the best performers in the business and maybe one of the the top three guys on earth right now and AJ Styles, the OC, which for a lot of people watching your product, a lot of the ones you were trying to bring back in, the OC conjures up images of a crappy teen drama that only survived for four seasons on Fox. And I, I don't want, <laughs> I hope what this means with the new deal coming up with Fox, I, I'm hoping we're not going to get an OC reboot and a crossover event with the OC on the OC if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. Uh, that would only be slightly more embarrassing than what actually happened on Monday night when the OC, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, I can't do that. Uh, when, when Styles, Anderson, and Gallows were backed down by, let's see, uh, Seth Rollins, uh, DX in in uh, the form of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the Road Dog, uh, X-Pac, who I couldn't tell who that was for the longest time, and then, why not throw in Scott Hall and Kevin Ash in an NWO t-shirt just because we can't have nice things, apparently. We can't go consecutive weeks with Anderson and Gallows not looking like complete idiots. And now, on top of that, we're going to toss in AJ, too, just to make him look like a moron. Though I was kind of holding that hope that uh, when they were bringing up the mics and we heard AJ calling out Shawn Michaels saying, I know where you are. I know you're in NXT. I know where to find you. I was holding out hope that we were going to see... AJ show up in NXT and and call out the heartbreak kid, but that's not really what happened either. So, um, uh, would would have been so bad for this this group, this over fifty gang, to move us further down the road to, to SummerSlam? I guess it may be too much. I, I don't I know. I should have thought of the people in the ring that they weren't going to do anything to put younger talent over. But with that being said, I want to say congratulations and thank you to Mick Foley for being willing to put over a current superstar. This is what Brandon and I hoped that Raw reunion, and I know a lot of you too, hoped that the Raw reunion would be, that we would get a good dose of nostalgia that was pleasing to us. It was not hokey and dumb and stupid. We were hoping we were going to see some of our favorite superstars come back into the spotlight and help put over younger talent and help move us further down the road to SummerSlam. The only guy who did that was Mick Foley. And to Mick, I say thank you for being willing to do that. And I'm still on board for this new Bray Wyatt. Uh, even despite the false start last year, I'm looking forward to Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Look, Bray is in great shape. The new look and attitude are spot on. But can we please, please for the love of everything, drop the hokey mall parking lot haunted house strobe lights. It's just plain offensive to our intelligence. And uh, speaking of being offensive, uh, 
the worst part of Raw, the worst part of the Raw reunion for me. It just, it wasn't the any of the above-mentioned things so far, but instead it's the 24-7 championship. Uh, I don't know how to, I don't know if these words would have ever come out of my mouth. I don't think that I thought I would be sitting here saying these words, but I'm starting to have our truth fatigue. It's one thing to have him shimmying across my screen at random parts throughout the, the night or, or dropping in for a, a funny line here or there. I just lost interest in this after about the third time the title changed hands on Monday, and I guess he's still the champion. I don't know for sure what happened. Um, there was a moment there, a fleeting moment that I thought that we were going to do the right thing. And no, I'm not talking about consummate Drake Maverick's marriage so we can move past that that storyline. I thought just for a moment, I thought about it, and I hoped and I cheered at the sight of a Lunger Blaze who will always be Medusa to me. I was giddy at the prospect of her dropping that title in the trash and never seeing it again. It just being a a neat little footnote in the history of the WWE. But nope, here comes Ted DiBiase looking more like the great value version of the million dollar man. And he buys the title only to extend the nonsense, which look, I get it. You had a lot of people there and this was a way to get a lot of the raw legends, legends, some screen time. But I thought that's what an APA poker game was for. But, you can also give me any some more Ron Simmons anytime you want to, uh, even if it's in a Burger King ad. So uh, <laughs> I know I sound like negative Nancy here. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. If you enjoyed the reunion, I'm glad. I love to see it when people have a good time. I did enjoy a, a taste of Booker T on commentary, and it was always good to hear that glass break and see Steve Austin come out and be stone cold. Up next, SmackDown was Tuesday night. Any better than what we saw on Raw. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Ooh, I'm back too. I'm not sure if I'm better than ever, but I am sure that I am David Reed. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Brandon Hagney hanging out in Maryland this weekend. Jason Martin spending a few weeks off. If you missed the announcement earlier, Jason now engaged. He's taking a couple weeks off from uh, our circus we got going on here in order to uh, work on his wedding. Uh, and I've noticed that uh, one of the drawbacks to hosting uh, this show solo is I'm starting to believe that everything I've said is right and that I am a very intelligent man when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. And trust me, that's never been the case in any other aspects of my life, and I'm sure it's not the case right now. So hit us up on Twitter, at Zone Wrestling, and tell me how I'm wrong, because I'm sure a lot of you out there think that I am wrong. Uh, you can do that now. Uh, also, I had a great time last night at Smackville Live. That's the last time I will reference this because I have made it through two weeks without calling it Smashville Live. Uh, a big thanks, though, uh, a sincere thank you to the WWE and Bridgestone Arena for their hospitality. 
Uh, it was great to see some familiar faces in the crowd last night and to meet a new, few new friends as well. If you were there, uh, feel free to hop on Twitter as well, uh, at Zone Wrestling. Tag us in your photos. Tell us what you think about the show and um, uh, what you would like to see in Nashville next. Pay-per-view being the right answer to that question. But uh, if you missed it, uh, the first segment earlier on this morning we were talking about, uh, there is a plan for the WWE Network and a date to be determined that has not yet been announced to move to a two-tiered system with the programming on the WWE Network. A free tier, which would allow you uh, to access certain WWE uh, content, and then a VIP level. What we are hoping, what I am hoping, what you're probably hoping, if you're already a member of the network, that VIP level will just be the nine ninety nine that you're paying now, and you'll just roll over into that level, and it will give you access to shows like SmackVille Live last night from Nashville. And uh, the, the example that they gave earlier this week was uh, shows like uh, the upcoming uh, Evolve's uh, 10th anniversary special that will be airing on the network as well. So it it hasn't been quite a year uh, since Jason and Brandon and myself were broadcasting from these here same airwaves, lamenting the WWE product and telling them how to fix it. And they finally took our advice, or at least they took my advice. See, less than 365 days ago from this very seat, as I and my brothers were contemplating the ways to shake things up, to improve the product, to change the same wash-and-repeat television that we were seeing week after week, month after month, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. I said, what about this? What if you bring back Eric Bischoff? Yeah, there was silence, and then it kind of went over about as well as a fart in a diving helmet. But lo and behold, here we are a year later, and Easy e is back, and I was right, and the guys aren't here to tell me any different. Bischoff, uh, he made a couple cameos on Monday night for the Raw reunion, but this was his first SmackDown since Eric drove back down the wealth drift. Uh, the wealth. He uh, made a few cameos on Monday night for the Raw reunion, did Eric Bischoff, but this was his uh, first SmackDown since uh, driving back down the wealth-drenched boulevards of Stanford CT. One segment in, and they were rocking, baby. Uh, they were rolling. Shane O'Mac and Kevin Owens set up for SummerSlam. KO may never be hotter than he is right now. Uh, you can call him uh, Stone KO or Kevin Austin, uh, but this whole Rage Against the Machine thing is working for him, and he is great at it. And Shane is playing his role for for now, for the most part, very well, too. You know, we've tried to roll back to the Mr. McMahon and Austin so many times over the years, but this time it finally, it finally feels right. It feels right between these two guys. The emotions are there. They feel real. Uh, of course, uh, this may very well all in and likely will be dampened somewhat when the bell rings on August the 4th for SummerSlam and Shane has to perform, or at least when he starts to throw those punches that are just the worst thing ever. But if this is Eric Bischoff-inspired performance, give me more. Just give me more of that. Please, just a little bit more. And we got a great promo piece that actually sold us, uh, and, and many of you too, on Kofi versus Randy Orton. Yes, Randy Orton. I now care about Kofi Kingston defending the WWE Championship 
against Randy Orton. I didn't think I would be saying that two weeks ago. Uh, this is phenomenal. Uh, this Bischoff guy is really a genius. I mean, just like he said he is. And then we get Miss TV with Shawn Michaels, and I'm telling you, at this point, uh, my blood pressure is going up. My pulse is quickening. I started to feel sweat beat up on my forehead because it's finally happening. It's happening. We are going to see the student and the master. After all the years and years of fantasy booking, we are about to see Daniel Bryan call out Shawn Michaels, and we're going to SummerSlam. Hit the music. Dolph. Dolph Ziggler. Here comes Dolph Ziggler. Buzzkill, right? Now, the Squared Circle Radio relationship with Dolph Ziggler on Facebook would say uh, complicated because it has been complicated over the years. Right now, I'll say that two-thirds of the longest-running episodic wrestling radio show in Nashville, Tennessee, is out on Dolph Ziggler. And that other third, well, that's me. I'm that other third. Now, I'm no zealot for Ziggler. But I'm not completely out either. I still love to watch him work inside the ring. He has an ease about him when he is in that squared circle that is on par with some of the legendary names in this business. I believe that, and I still see that when he goes out there to perform, especially when he's motivated and put in big spotlight situations. Uh, I, I thought what happened, what happened at Extreme Rules with KO, and he was just a, a way to, to elevate KO, and it really did nothing for Dolph. I, I wanted to see those two really go at it because I thought it could be something really, really good. And we, we'd gotten a taste of that in the weeks prior. But, you know, uh, when you put a mic in Dolph Ziggler's hand, it is, it's still at best community theater. Uh, HBK and, and Dolph at SummerSlam, I'm down. As long as we can cut down on the mic time between – here and then, really kind of from the both of them, because at this point, Sean likes to go off script a little bit or no script whatsoever, and I don't think he's quite at the point uh, that we saw him when he was feuding with Bret Hart uh, back before the screw job. So if we can cut down on the mic, hey, give us another one of those great promos like you did for, for Orton and Kofi. Let, let's do that, and that's, uh, that's how we build this match for SummerSlam, if this is indeed where we're going. So... Uh, the rest of the night, for me, on Tuesday night, was a bit of a yawn. Uh, the Iconics name was mentioned, and I immediately wished that I'd been watching on a DVR because I'd rather have a Colonic than watch the Iconics. Um, and, hey, look, oh, there's Bailey. And just like that, Ember Moon pins Charlotte. Let me guess. There, we're going to go for a three-way at SummerSlam. You couldn't just let us have something new in Bailey and Ember Moon, right? Nope, got to insert Charlotte in there because we can't have a title match without Charlotte Flair because, I mean, she's got the flair. She has the last name. She has to be a part of this. We have to find a way to shoehorn her in there. If we want something great, Charlotte Flair has to be involved. You couldn't just give us Bailey and Ember. So then on Thursday, uh, after just uh, two days from, from watching this and having the hope, that what we saw, the best of what we saw on SmackDown, was coming from Eric Bischoff. So I see this from uh, Wrestling Observer Radio and Dave Meltzer. 
Vince McMahon showed up at 4 o'clock and decided he didn't like the show, and Vince redid the show. Everything changed. That's why all the stuff that was advertised, the Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan speech, Shawn Michaels announcing, all that they talked about all week long didn't happen because Vince changed his mind. Vince changed his mind. Vince changed his mind. How many times have we heard this over the course of, I don't know, the last four years? It really seems like ever since Vince has been showing up to shows and changing his mind and changing what has been written and a lot of what has already been shot, the ratings have been in the dumpster. Look at the ratings for the last four years. Tell me how long Vince McMahon has been showing up recently and changing his mind and changing the show. I have seen a lot of people online that love SmackDown on Tuesday. And, okay, I I get it. There were some high moments for me. There were a lot of low low moments. There were a lot of moments that I just plain just did not care about. But in comparison to what we saw on Monday night with the Raw reunion, yes, it was better. Uh, For me, outside of KO and Shane, it was just kind of, eh. Especially after you doffed my Daniel. Uh, Don't do that to me. Don't ever doff my Daniel again. Uh, my question is this, and a lot of you are asking it too. Why would you hire someone and not let them do that? Do their job? Uh, I, I see this. I've seen this before in, in many walks of life, but it makes no sense to me why you would hire someone and not let them do the job that you, you yourself said they were capable of doing. Now, I don't know what you're paying Eric Bischoff. I know he really loved living in Montana. He really loved hanging out with his dog in Montana. He really loved fishing in Montana. And I know he really loves doing 83 weeks with Conrad Thompson. So I'm assuming he's making slightly above the poverty level for Stanford, Connecticut. Why would you, and you did this, you called him, why would you make that call, commit the money, Hand him the pencil, and just hours before the show, there you are with an eraser. I need Vince McMahon all in or all out. Check that. I need Vince McMahon all out. There was one matter this week that I did want to hear from Vince McMahon and the WWE on, and I did. And they said all the wrong things. That's next on Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. This is Adam Cole, the best pro wrestler on the planet, and you're listening to the best wrestling talk anywhere. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back into Squared Circle Radio, right here on 104.5 The Zone. 
I am David Reed, Brandon Hagney. Once again, he is out this week up in uh, the land of the crab up in Maryland, spending some time at his wife's family reunion. Uh, I kind of always envy uh, Brandon this time of year because he's uh, uh, always going up to these exotic locales like West Virginia and Maryland to spend time with the family for a family reunion. And I don't think I have never been uh, to a family reunion in my life um, that I can think of. Maybe when I was really young, but I just I just picture Brandon up there uh, chowing down on crab cake and doing like um, sack races and and various other uh, field day activities. Just sounds like fun to me. Uh, Jason Martin out uh, a couple weeks here as well. Uh, if you haven't been following what's been going on in Jason's life, we teased a big announcement last week. Um, Jason is recently engaged, so uh, Jay Mart taking a little bit of time off here from his hectic schedule. I mean, a lot of you already heard him earlier today uh, on uh, Fox Sports Radio with Jason Martin show. Uh, he, I don't know why Clay Travis still has a show. Um, Jason is in so much for Clay, who is on perpetual vacation at uh, exotic locales, even more exotic than Brandon heading up to Maryland and West Virginia. But uh, that's why I'm here solo today. Uh, you can share your thoughts on what you've heard so far today and what you saw this week in the WWE, uh, the announcement from AEW that they will be taking uh, their weekly television show, the TNT, and that will start airing on Wednesdays, as uh, Jason Martin said it should, as we agreed with him, as Monday nights are, and Tuesday nights are already occupied and uh, the NBA schedule taking much of the uh, time on TNT uh, during their season, but they will start airing on TNT on October 2nd at Zone Wrestling on Twitter. That's where you can find us. So uh, let's go back to um, let's go back to February, the week of Valentine's Day, I do believe. There was a report that, uh, that surfaced that uh, Naomi was uh, stopped. This was up in Detroit after going the wrong direction down a one-way street. Uh, when she was stopped and pulled over by the police, uh, they got Naomi out of the car and were talking to her. The uh, law enforcement on the scene said the vehicle reeked of alcohol. And as they were uh, talking to Naomi, uh, Jimmy Uso, uh, Jonathan Fatu, uh, decided that he was going to get out of the vehicle and uh, confront the police despite their demands to stay in the vehicle. He gets out of the vehicle and squares up on the police like he wants to start a fight with the police. And he is uh, thusly arrested and will later bond out. So at the time this happened, um, there wasn't any repercussions whatsoever when it came from the WWE handing out any type of suspension as a matter of fact, if I do recall, and whatever pay-per-view was next up, the Usos ended up winning the tag team championships. And I, I remember that because we were having a discussion uh, on the day of of how there was no way that the Usos could go over in that match because of the, the arrest. We thought that they would punish Jay along with Jimmy for the arrest of what was, let's face it, an alcohol-inspired incident in Detroit that led to his arrest. Uh, in the subsequent weeks, 
on television, they were even backstage making fun of what happened. Uh, there was a segment where uh, where Jay turns to Jimmy and, and reminds him that the Uber is waiting outside for him, so he doesn't he doesn't have to drive. And let's move from that incident to uh, this Monday on Monday Night Raw, the Raw reunion show opens up as we discussed earlier. John Cena's music hits. The Doctor of Thugonomics shows up when the Usos show up and call him out. So the rap battle ensues in which John Cena um, refers to the Usos that they look just like their mugshots. And everyone starts laughing. And it's a big, funny joke. And we're all laughing at home. Some of you were laughing at home. I, I wasn't laughing at home because it's, it's not something to laugh about. And I don't understand who was backstage that thought this was a good idea to continue to make fun of the fact that uh, Jimmy had been arrested and they'd had their problems with alcohol in the past that had led to arrest. So this was the 25th. So three days, three days after Raw and making fun of Jimmy Uso and his alcoholic-related arrests back in February. He's arrested again for DUI. And that was what we saw, the headlines. But later that day, then the next day, we would get more details about what happened when Jimmy Uso, Jonathan Fatu, got drunk, was intoxicated, and got behind the wheel of an automobile. Thursday, July 25th. This report coming from WEAR-TV, the ABC affiliate in Pensacola, Florida. This is how they describe what happened with Jimmy Uso. An off-duty officer informed a deputy in Escambia County Sheriff's Office of a vehicle spotted driving in excess of 100 miles per hour on Interstate 10, drifting in and out of its lane. This was at 1.30 a.m. The car had pulled into a bar parking lot. By the time that uh, the deputies arrived, he had departed. They later spotted the vehicle turn on to Highway 297A, where it accelerated to 86 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone and nearly struck another vehicle. Fatou was then pulled over, and the deputy noted that he had trouble holding his license and vehicle information. The report states that Fatou presented with bloodshot and watery eyes, droopy eyelids, dilated pupils, slowed and slurred speech. Alcohol could allegedly be smelled in the vehicle, and Fatou was unsteady on his feet when he got out of the car after being towed to several times. So what is the uh, WWE's response to Jimmy Uso in the span of Five months having two alcohol-related arrests. What, what, what would you think they would say? Uh, I expected them to say something. I wanted them to say something. And then they said something, and I wish they kind of wouldn't have said anything at all. The WWE's response and statement was basically this. 
He's responsible for his own personal actions. That's true. But he's a 33-year-old man who's been arrested for the second time this year in alcohol-related incidences. And he's employed by your company. And the last time this happened, you kind of rewarded them. You put the titles on them. You've spotlighted them again. And look, I love this iteration of the Usos. I do. I much prefer this over the smiling, happy, neon-dressed baby faces. But we have to face a fact. Jonathan Fatu has a problem with alcohol. What are you as his employer going to do to help him out? Because just by releasing a statement saying that he's responsible for his own personal actions. Look, I'm all about personal responsibility. I get this. But you know, I know, I've seen addicts in my life. I know what it looks like. This is what the actions of an addict look like. And to this point, all you've done is made light of it for five months, and then it happens again, and you release the statement saying, He's responsible for his own personal actions. What are you as his employer responsible for? We have applauded WWE over the years for anyone who has ever been employed in in that company for whatever amount of time, one month, one year, 10 years, 20 years. If they've had a problem with drugs or alcohol, you've helped them. You've sent them to rehab. You have a guy in front of you, in your locker room, on your television, week in and week out. Can't you see that this man needs help? How about you step up? How about you step up and help him be responsible for some of his actions? Help him be responsible and admit that he has a problem. And get him help before it's too late. Someone could have very easily died this past week because of the actions of Jimmy Uso. It could have been him. It could have been someone else. It could have been your family. It could have been your friend. It could have been your mother, your father, your sister. They could have died because of his actions. And that should have elicited more of a response than he is responsible for his own personal actions. The Bible says it, and I believe it's true. I am my brother's keeper. And I think the WWE, as Jimmy Uso's employer, has a responsibility to sit him down, pull him off of television, take him out of the locker room, take him out of whatever environment that is driving him to alcohol and say, you have a problem that needs to be addressed before we move any further with you in your professional life. Show me that you care about him as a person. We, we've had this, this discussion has popped up this year about the WWE and their wrestlers are, they're independent contractors and they're just pieces of meat and they're used up, chewed up and thrown away. 
here's a chance to show everyone who says that believes that and look these people can say they're wrestling fans and then they basically go on a tirade about how awful that the wwe has been to people over the years uh, please be awful enough to me to, to make a superstar out of me and pay me millions of dollars be that mean to me but those people who do doubt you who do do want to see a union and professional wrestling for those who question how you treat your wrestlers show them differently not for Jimmy Uso's sake, for Jonathan Fatou's sake, for the sake of the person. That's what we as WWE fans, as fans of Jimmy Uso and the Usos, that's what we want to see. We don't want to see another incident because it could be the last. I hate to end on a down note like that, but sometimes... Um, this is this is what we we end up with in this business where we're we're blurring the lines. That's at the at its core when professional wrestling is at its best, the lines are blurred. There is um, there's no gray area here for me. The WWE has to take a stand. They have to get Jimmy Uso help. It could be the lives of someone that you know. It could be his life that's being saved. And all it would take is a conversation with him. Let him know you love him more than just what he can do for you inside a wrestling ring. More than the, the amount of t-shirts that he can sell at the merch stand. Show me that you're a different kind of company. This is Squared Circle Radio. Next week, Brandon will be back. Jason may be back. He may still be uh Thumbing through those brides magazines. And again, Jason, if you need help picking out a cake, I'm available for the cake tasting. I am David Reed. Thank you for joining us as you do each and every week. This has been Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. is 104.5 The Zone. WGFX FM, Gallatin, Nashville. The official station of the Titan. Accumulus station.